stopping by. Glad to have this man back. It's been a while. His name is Jeremy Dice. He's an attorney at the First Liberty Institute. Go to firstliberty.org. Jeremy, good to see you. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Joe. I'm floating around the other day, and I see you on with Hannity or somebody. You're on somewhere, and I'm going, I I know that guy. And he's really, really well-spoken on the issues that affect us when it comes to the First Amendment. I want to start in a a place that you don't know I'm going to go. But there's some woman, Heidi Prisbilla. I don't know if you saw this on CNN or MSNBC. I wasn't familiar with her, but this, this video went viral. She was talking about how people in this country, generally speaking MAGA people, actually believe that their rights come from some higher power. They think they come from God and not some human on earth or not some government entity. Can you believe that? Jeremy, there are people who actually believe that government somehow gives us our rights, and the First Amendment is the one that's most usually under attack by people like that. Any, any comment to somebody who gets paid to be on television thinking that our rights come from government? Well, I'm uh, I'm disappointed to see that and, and wish that perhaps they would give contracts to, to people who know what they're talking about to say such things on, on TV. But look, the, the reality is if government gives us our rights, well, we should all be very concerned about that because government, if they're the giver of the rights, can also take those rights away. They've, if, they've the ones, if they're the ones that have invented them, then they're the ones that can remove them from us as well. And my goodness, that can't be the case because if it is, then all of our rights are very vulnerable. They're we're, we're then dependent upon the, the charity, the good nature of our government. And if history has taught us anything, it has taught us that government has done a really, really bad job of even defending some of our rights, let alone right. giving us rights that we should have in the first place. What made America great, what made America unique in world history was that the founders looked back and said, look, the rights that we possess are not something we've derived from, from the king or from the, the beneficent acts of a dictator. Instead, they are, they've been given to us <coughs> excuse me, by God, and if they've been given to us by God, they belong to us entirely and, and cannot be taken away from us. Uh, and so it, that's where I would like to be, that, to have these God-given rights that are uh, to be recognized and protected by government. They, they do a good job of that kind of thing. Yeah. But if they're but but they're given to us by God and not by government, because if it was given to us by government, they could be taken away. And I, I don't want to lose my freedoms. I don't know about uh, this commentator or anybody else. I want to possess these freedoms and be able to use them adequately to preserve not only my family, but also my freedom. It's an uphill fight. It really is. And you and I are on the same side. Thank God. But we're looking at this and it just it dawns on me that people in big media, big tech, those who are the big controllers really don't know that we said we can't have King George be the king anymore. He said we have to be Anglican. We can't have him be the king anymore. We can't complain about him. Can't have him be the king anymore. He's taxing us for that representation. We literally said, God said we should be free, liberated, have the ability to speak, express ourselves within a certain value set. And we should be able to defend ourselves against tyranny. These people either don't know that, Jeremy, or they're part of the the conglomeration of people that want to take all those rights away because they think that they're in the monarchy. Which one do you think it is? (laughs) Well, I'll be charitable and just suggest that people who have this mindset oftentimes find comfort in security of of giving up their rights for someone else to take care of you. Uh, I, I don't really care to give up safety or security in the name of giving up my freedom. Uh, I would rather be a free person than someone who is uh, enslaved to the dictates of uh, my government for good or ill. I mean, uh, I- even if it was a, a good king that happened to occupy the throne, uh, he's still occupying that throne for his own power, not for my rights. And so uh, I-, I would much rather feel the comfort of being a free human, which would be unique in world history, yeah. uh, to be able to, to chart my own destiny uh, and to be able to 
preserve a union together that would uh, provide for the common defense and provide for all the freedoms that we possess as a people group, uh, rather than depend be dependent upon one individual person or group of persons to be able to preserve that freedom. That, that's something that belongs to us as individuals, and government must, it absolutely must, protect those freedoms. Jeremy Dyson, his last name is spelled D-Y-S. He is an attorney, First Liberty Institute. Uh, Institute. Go to firstliberty.org. Jeremy, is there another country on this uh, on this planet that is even close to what that document supposedly does? Our freedoms are not what they should be. I think they're nowhere near what they should be. Canada claims to have similar freedoms. They don't because they've actually got the first thing in their constitution says we can stop this anytime we want. Are, are we the only, are we unique, or are there other countries that that are close? Yeah, I, I can't remember which founder it was at the moment, but maybe it was Ben Franklin who said that democracy in its very best form is the worst form of government, except for all the others, right? <laughs> all the other ones that are out there are just terrible because they, they don't start from the very basic premise that our Declaration of Independence starts from, which is that these rights are inalienable. They are given to us by God, and from uh, government cannot take them away from us. Only our creator can do that. We were endowed by certain rights, certain inalienable rights, the Declaration of Independence puts it, those rights are, the, the, at a minimum, the right to, to pursue happiness, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. My goodness, uh, there are other great countries in this, this, uh, on this globe, but, but none hold a candle to the preservation of individual rights and freedoms that the United States has had for 200 plus years now. It is uh, Jeremy Dice. So let's get into the, tech, uh, the technology of it all. Here's the argument. I start Joe.com, or Joe, let's say JoePags.com, because it actually exists. I don't want people to go and try to go to Joe.com. And I say, it's now a social media platform. Jeremy, you can come on my platform, say anything you want to say. I'm just going to be a platform. The way I look at it is a platform is like a platter. If I want to put steak on it, I can put steak on it. I want to put lobster on it, I put lobster on it. I want to put you know, green beans, I can put green beans on it. And the platform just holds it. doesn't decide what's on it. It's just there. That's what they allege they are. But they really are publishers where they're going to go, okay, here's the platter. Oh, I don't want steak on there. Let me put shrimp. Oh, I don't want shrimp. I, I want to put, you know, Brussels sprouts. They're deciding what it is that we do and don't see. So there are two things at play here, I think, and tell me if, if I'm wrong. One, it's a bait and switch. They said, hey, Joe Pags, you've got a following. Show up on my platform and whoever follows you will see what you post. And then they act as a publisher and decide what people can and can't see. And they can squelch me if I talk to Mike Lindell or if I talk to Rudy Giuliani. Um, they're not supposed to be able to do that. That's the one thing. The second thing is they're just wholesale working with government. And as an arm of the government, they're violating the First Amendment, period, end of story. Is it a little of both or is it one or the other? It's probably a little of both. What, what we have is uh, these social media companies and big tech industries that are cloaking themselves in the garb of free speech and, and uh, freedom of expression, but then censoring viewpoints that they don't like. Well, you really can't have it one or the other way. You have to choose. Uh, and, and basically what, what some states have done, like Texas and Florida, they, they've said, publish your standards and then apply them fairly. Right. That seems to be a basic thing that every American should be able to get behind. Should we even Look, have it, to do that, though? I mean, that's, it's so dumb that we have to say, hey, be fair. Follow the, follow the Constitution. Don't, don't discriminate. We have to tell them that? Well, I think we're a long way from whether they should be doing something or not. Yeah. Here we are having to deal with the problems that we actually have because they've held themselves out as these bastions for free expression or free speech. And then, then they deny speech to people that they disagree with. Uh, and so, look, if, if private companies want to sequester speech or suppress it or censor it or, or anything like that, if they want to disallow certain types of speech, that's fine. Go ahead and do so as long as the market will support that. You've got every right to be able to do that. If you want to make that business decision, that's yours to make. 
But once you've made that decision, you have to apply that fairly. Well, what we're seeing far too often, as, and as recently as yesterday, we're seeing these instances where, where people will, um, will make up the rules as they go along, and then they don't apply them fairly anyway. And so the, the market is left underserved because they don't know how to, to engage in the marketplace because the rules aren't clear. And when they uh, think they understand them, the big tech companies change the rules and they find them on the outs of, uh, of the permitted speech on their platform. What the Supreme Court is looking at as recently as yesterday are two laws that, in, that govern that very thing. And as my clients have made uh, very clear, whether the Babylon Bee or at a church here in Fort Worth, uh, they can't navigate these things. They're being censored for having religious viewpoints. Uh, and again, on, on, in situations where it seems like big tech is just simply making up the rules as they go along. And that's the problem. I, I said this on either uh, on Twitter, X, or on my show the other day. If you tell me, let's play baseball, and I've never played baseball, and you say, well, here are the rules, and you explain it to me, and I understand the rules, and I get up to bat, and you say, oh, you've already got two strikes. I'm like, well, wait a second. That's not what you told me was going to happen. So that's the bait and switch aspect in my mind. Um, you know, asking us to come and take part. Here, here are the, here's the list of rules. And then they forget to tell us about the algorithm that's going to hide us or going to, going to pump, pump us up, depending on what we say or do. So what's the best result? What's the relief that they have to say, okay, fine, these are the terms of service. We will actually follow them? Well, look, I, I would just go fall back to the First Amendment to have more speech rather than less. But yes. it seems like the, 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 some of these groups don't understand that. Let me give a concrete example to explain what we're talking about. Yesterday, we sent a letter to Hulu. That's the Disney-owned uh, online TV conglomerate. Right. Uh, and we, have, we represent a church called Hulin Baptist Church. It's a, it's a, it sounds like Hulu, but it's different. Hulin right. uh, Church that's in Fort Worth, Texas. They've got a different approach to engaging in religion. They have Sunday services, but they've also opened up services on Thursdays for those who can't attend over the weekend. And so they wanted to advertise the who, what, when, where of their services on Thursday night. So they went to Hulu. And the pastor became an approved advertiser. He filled out the, the, the program and all that, submitted the 22-second ad that said, we've got a Thursday night service. Here's how, where you find us. Here's our website. Uh, it was rejected. Hulu, uh, they, 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 they submitted the ad a second time. And for a second time, Hulu rejected the advertisement. This time, the pastor asked for an explanation. And customer service on Hulu sent back uh, the justification for their denial. They said, the advertisement engages in religious indoctrination. Now, let's stop right there, because I don't think anyone can seriously maintain that an advertisement for a church service that just says, here's what the service, what time it is, where it is, and here's a website, can anywhere come close to approximating religious indoctrination. Of course. But that's what Hulu has said. But here's the real problem. Nowhere in Hulu's ad policy will you find the words religious indoctrination. They say that religious advertisements are decided upon on a case-by-case -case basis which leaves unfettered discretion in the hands of those who are reviewing these ads. So you might have advertisements like Hulin Street's, uh, um, the church advertisement is rejected, but maybe Mark Wahlberg, because he's such a cool guy, will be allowed to advertise his new app, Hallow, on Hulu. I don't know. Right. But the, the thing is, no one knows, and no one has announced from Hulu's standpoint what the rules actually are. So they make them up as they go along, and they decide that this church advertisement is not one that they want to have on their platform. And so they don't apply their standards. If they have them, they don't apply them fairly. They label it religious indoctrination. But meanwhile, they allow advertisements for Budweiser and for dating apps and for uh, gambling apps that are on their, on their platform. Those don't constitute indoctrination of some sort. Only the church ad does. 
that makes no sense at all. And it leaves this church feeling, as I think is right to feel, that they have been censored and rejected for their religious speech. That's fundamentally unfair and un-American. Well, it's, it's a violation of the First Amendment, but it also seems to me, and tell me if I'm wrong here, that it's a violation of the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Hulu, I would guess, falls under the public accommodation um, uh, uh, area, arena, because they're offering this to everybody and offering advertising. They've never said... This is a private organization that only allows advertising from Jews or from Muslims or from Christians. This is a public accommodation place, almost like a mall, but it's online. How, do you, how can you turn away somebody who is trying to sell wares at the mall because of their religion? You can't. Well, they're making these very amoebic uh, arguments saying, hey, look, we wouldn't reject all ads. We just reject some of them. And this one engages in religious indoctrination. Now, they somehow say that with a straight face. We all know that uh, the who, what, where, when advertisement that is that has been pre- presented here in 22 seconds hardly constitutes religious indoctrination. But again, push that to the side. They have no policy on religious indoctrination. They've made the whole thing up. And so there is no announced standard. Uh, the, the, the thing may be that the, 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 the announced policy, this religious indoctrination thing, may in fact violate the new laws in the state of Texas. Now, we won't know that fully until the Supreme Court makes its decision that they heard arguments in just yesterday. We'll find out in June whether or not that's going to be actionable. But in terms of basic fairness, I mean, for Pete's sake, why would you turn down a church's advertisement unless you really didn't want to have religious language on your website whatsoever? And again, there's where I want to remind you. The First Amendment doesn't actually apply to Hulu. It's a private company. They can do what they would like to do in terms of having this language or not on their on their platform. But be upfront about it with the American people. Don't hide behind these lofty uh, ideals of the First Amendment and say that you love the First Amendment and support free expression and all the like. Right. And then turn around and deny uh, an advertisement from a church and label it as religious indoctrination. That's very antithetical to to the ideas of the First Amendment. It is uh, Jeremy Dice, D-Y-S. He's an attorney for First Liberty Institute. Go to FirstLiberty.org. I want want to briefly get into uh, Missouri v. Biden. Are are you going to be involved in that case? Is your organization involved in that or not? Only on the outside. We're we're paying very close attention to those things where... Look, if, if the government can do through a private actor what it's not allowed to do on its own, we've got a, a lot of things to be, be scared of in this country. They kind of showed their hand when Jen Psaki was the press secretary. One day she walked out and somebody had been banned from Twitter or something. And the question was, should that be a ban on every platform? She said, absolutely. If you're banned on one, you should be banned on every single platform, period. That should be the rule. And she meant it. And then it turns out through Missouri v. Biden, and, and of course Texas is involved in that, I think 26 states might be involved in that at some, on some level, they have decided to go back and check and see what was going on in the Biden campaign, and then the Biden administration had been in cahoots with Twitter saying, I need you to take this down. I need, you, I need you to suspend this guy. And I was actually part of that. I said hydroxychloroquine works because it does. There are studies that say that. They suspended me until I took it down. The Babylon Bee is a clear example where they said, you know, Rachel Levine is the man of the year. It's satire. They're allowed to say that. So when it turns out the actual government is going via a platform to suspend or restrict your First Amendment and my First Amendment right, that's clearly illegal, is it not? Oh, it absolutely is. And I think the case name actually is Murthy versus Missouri, if I'm remembering correctly. But regardless, the, the, that case, you set it up exactly right, where you have uh, state actors within the White House and other places in the administration that are reaching out to the, the former owners of Twitter, now X, and Facebook and other social media companies, Meta. Uh, and they're, they're saying, look, we need you to suppress this speech. 
how un-American can you possibly get? Now, look, if the president himself had done that on, uh, on the national stage and said, Joe Smith should not be allowed to make XYZ comment because I disagree with it, well, obviously the First Amendment would apply, and yes. that would be a wonderful lawsuit to, to run against the administration. But uh, what they did instead was to collude with the previous owners of Twitter and Meta and others and say, look, we don't think that this should be out there. In fact, we would like it if you would censor that platform. And Matt Taibbi has done the nation a very big favor with the Twitter files, right. revealing those very conversations that took place. And they found uh, the government found willing accomplices in our social media uh, uh, leaders there. Uh, it took someone with $44 billion to buy Twitter and convert it into a, a more free expression platform than it had ever been to unlock a lot of the, the problems that had been locked down by the previous organization at the behest of the, uh, the state government. In, in other nations that have tried this, it has woefully suppressed the free expression of its people. Uh, they call that Pravda in communist Russia, yes. and people lauded it at the time because it was such a great thing for Russia to do. But we know the grand damage that it caused that society that they're still trying to dig out from. We should not countenance such a thing here in this country. And the fact that it is even occurring should scare every single person on this program. I, I pray for a good result on the one that you're working on, the one that you and I are looking at from an ancillary area. Um, I hope that we get uh, a, a confirmation from the Supreme Court that, yes, the Constitution still matters. And I'm, I appreciate that you're out there working hard for us. Jeremy Dice, attorney, First Liberty Institute, firstliberty.org. Thanks for the time, Jeremy. Let's do it again soon. I'm always glad to come back. Thanks for having me, Joe. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. I appreciate Jeremy Dice coming on. Keep a close eye on these cases. Even if you're not into them as much as I am, it's certainly going to affect everybody who uses online, and that's everybody who uses online. So I appreciate him coming on. Also, Ronnie Jackson earlier. That is Polo. That is Sam. Actually, this is Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We're back tomorrow, same time, same place. More great guests. We're going to keep an eye on the Michigan primary from tonight, but it should be a pretty easy walk for Trump. Have a good night. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.